Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius on a wonderful Thursday, a little bit of a rainy Thursday in Tampa, at least with Brandy Ryan and Scott. Um, not rainy where the Bucks have been, not rainy where any of where they've been since Tom Brady came back, obviously. And certainly was not rainy in your seven-round Bucks mock draft, the 3.0 version that dropped on Pewter Report this morning. Which is raining some defensive players. Yes, rave reviews <laughs> and national acclaim. Okay. Uh, so congratulations, Scott. It's a great part to the to the talk draft. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, the, you're correct. This is really the first one that matters because the first two, without knowing all of the holes and uh, and how they would be filled in free agency, were kind of like throwing darts on a dartboard. This one, though, is a little bit more pinpoint and and we have two more to go so maybe some of these guys stick around maybe we have some new faces in there but we have plenty of draft news today plus answering some of your questions here on the pewter report podcast voices you hear myself scott reynolds john ledger from pewterreport.com appreciate y'all joining us today and um the cat's out of the bag we had uh we had lewis seen as the number one pick yes. your tampa bay buccaneers a player that john and i are very very high on and uh, John, let me start by talking about the the need, and then you talk about the player. You know, when you look at, at at how the Buccaneers have gone about free agency, filling a lot of those holes, they they're still looking for a starting strong safety. And right. Jordan Whitehead's departure to the Jets, uh, you can look at Mike Edwards and say, okay, well, well, maybe that's a player that could fill in there. He has some experience playing free safety, playing in the nickel. Uh, playing strong safety a little bit, rotating with Jordan Whitehead, even replaced Whitehead for a couple of games when he was out due to injury. But with them not re-signing uh, Andrew Adams, there's really a, a hole there at the safety spot. So they they need at least another body. And why not get a player that can come in and really kind of be that enforcer, be that guy that Jordan Whitehead was, a physical, hard-hitting guy. But the thing that, that Scene brings in addition to some real leadership and energy that he had at Georgia um, when he was the MVP of the national championship game with seven tackles, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, uh, you're, you're getting a player that's actually even bigger than Whitehead. Whitehead, maybe 5'10", 195 pounds, seen six foot two, four inches taller. He's got longer arms. That helps him out in, in pass coverage. But uh, a player that is just every bit as physical as uh, – as Whitehead was. Yeah. And I think the ability to play, do different things is so key. Like that is clearly where the bucks are going. If there's a reason why, you know, the whole thing, they didn't extend Whitehead an offer, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's not because they disliked everything about Jordan Whitehead. They just, it was time. It was time. Jordan Whitehead wanted to go one direction and the bucks wanted another safety. They wanted more versatility at the safety position. Yeah. If that was what we were to assume. And I asked Jason light and tried to, I tried to catch him a little bit, Scott. I asked him yeah. in the combine. <laughs> I said, the fact that like Whitehead played a little bit more, he played really good football, at least closer to the line of scrimmage. Like, is that something that you want to explore? You know, long-term, like, do you want to look at him in a role like that? And if so, will it impact? how you, what you look at in terms of the safety next to him. 
Yeah. Jason gave that smile like he does when you're right. on to something, but he yeah. isn't going to give you a, a, a great quote on it, but you're on to something. Right. And so it was enough to make me think, okay, they, they might not re-sign Whitehead. And I believe I didn't have them re-signing Whitehead in my projections right. um, that we did, my predictions uh, for, for free agency, because it just felt like they were going to go a different way and look mm -hmm. at safety who are more versatile. Then they bring in Logan Ryan, who they, you know, versatility basically talked about it all day when he met with the media. That's my strong suit. He's played some in the box. He's played a couple seasons of free safety. He hasn't necessarily been great, but has right. played free safety in a rotation while playing nickel and other things really well. So he has the experience. Again, that's what you're looking for, the experience, communication. Yep. He could step in, start a game in any of those spots, and, and you trust him. And that's kind of what I'm expecting in the draft, too. Like, they've seen Winfield's model, and they want to keep getting guys like that. And yep. seeing man he is we watch his game against alabama in the national championship game he's in man coverage in the slot against a really good wide receiver room and he locks it down there's a couple reps he's breaking at the top of his route back to the ball reading the receiver's hips watching yep. them sink at the top of the route knowing that they're breaking back to the ball he's breaking with them and breaking up passes he might not be a single high rangy type of player but that's yep. okay they've got the single high types you can play in the box He's absolutely brutal underneath. Like he he goes and he wrecks things underneath. He's a very physical, violent tackler. He's a great athlete. Yeah. He's he's a buck. He really is. He's a buck Ran type four, of player. Four three seven, right? And and the Buccaneers like speed. They like speed on defense. And uh, and he's another player that adds some speed to it for sure. Yeah. No you question know, you, about it. I mean, if you if you look at if you if you look at scene, right? I mean, and all of the Georgia defensive players. And they rotate a lot of guys, but you're, you're talking about Nicobe Dean. You're talking about uh, Quay Walker. You're talking about Trayvon Walker, uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis. I mean, these are guys that are first or second day draft picks, right? And Channing Tindall, a very fast linebacker. And I watched a lot of Georgia games. Uh, my wife's from Georgia, so I, I'd been down into the Bulldogs for years, mostly watching the running backs. <laughs> but, but the defense, uh, certainly the last couple of years, has been top notch. And, and the thing with Cena is he led the team in tackles. I mean, he was the leading tackler for the Bulldogs. And one of the most impressive statistics that I got from Pro Football Focus about uh, Cena is, is out, of, out of 159 tackle attempts uh, that, you know, that he made, he missed 11 tackles. Now, it's one thing to miss 11 tackles in a season. It's, and trust me, there are linebackers and safeties that miss far more than 11 tackles in yeah. their career, even in a season. But this is a guy that's missed 11 tackles in almost three years as a starter. I mean, that that's like three and a half tackles per year he's missing. Yes. And for yep. a, a Bucks defense, John, you and I criticized at times for being sloppy with their tackling and, and missing some fits in the run game. This is about a sure handed a tackler as you're going to get in the draft safety position for sure and he does need to lower his target area a little bit as a tackler because he's a taller guy um Just he, there's no question yeah it's yeah, got blasted actually i love that hit. i didn't think that it was too. that bad but <laughs> i i just kind of always am like that ain't targeting that's football like right but right. Yeah, he blasted people. I mean, he wrecked. Was it Brian Robinson for Alabama, the running back? Him too. Yeah, uh, forget absolutely. It was. I mean, he Blew just planted up. him like on. The, so he can wreck people. He does need to get a little more consistent with his technique, but he does usually get people on the ground. And it's another benefit to having long arms. Like Winfield is a very technically sound tackler, but he right. will go through what he had a game this year where he missed five tackles. Yeah. He just doesn't have a lot of margin for error because his his uh, uh, wingspan is so short, and that's one of the benefits of being a bigger 
longer, stronger safety yep. is that a lot of time you can misjudge things a little bit, still get the guy on the ground. And he did in college, even yep. when he misjudged things a little bit. So really big benefit that he would bring. I would love this pick, Scott. I mean, there's a number of guys we've talked about now yep. at the end of the first round that could be there. Zion Johnson, Devontae Wyatt, right. Louis seeing the safety from Georgia at different positions too. Traylon Burks. I know we're going to talk about some wide receivers Traylon today Burks. on the show. That's right, yeah. These guys, one of these guys is probably going to be there. And I like yep. all of those picks and the Bucks have really I shown some interest in all those guys. I've talked about Boy Mafe. I yep. like him as a pick. You know, Me too. These are all guys that could be in that range, and I think the Bucks have shown some interest in all of them. Yeah, and we reported yesterday in the show, if you missed it, you can always go back and watch our podcasts on YouTube, which is the cool thing, right? If you miss the live show, we're usually at 4 o'clock uh, every day, Monday through Thursday, live here on PeterReport.com. But if by chance you happen to miss an episode, you can go back. Maybe, maybe on your way to work tomorrow morning, Right. You can you can if you miss Thursday's podcast or, or Wednesdays or Tuesdays, listen to it. Right. It's great listening mm -hmm. to to that on the way to and from work or maybe during your lunch hour. Make sure you subscribe to our Peter Report YouTube channel. It's Peter Report TV and hit the like button. That helps our algorithm, helps more Buccaneer fans find us. But one of the, the little uh, scouting tips and tricks that I do, right, because there's so much involved in scouting, John, as you know, there's there's the the game film right that's precedent then you're then you're gathering information from an athletic standpoint pro day uh, times the combine workouts etc the other part of it too is the medical which is always the big mystery unless some of the national reporters kind of get that information out there but there's always like one or two guys in the draft that keep sliding and falling and falling and then and then it's finally reported okay well he was a second round pick he fell to the fifth because he had really bad medicals at the combine, right? Or maybe it was a player who went undrafted because of medical reasons. So mm -hmm. that's always a hard thing. The other part of it is, is the investigative journalist part. That's where the scouts go to the schools. They talk to not just the head coach or the, or the uh, position coach or the coordinator. They talk to the strength coach. You know, does, does this guy like right. to work out? Is he allergic to the weight room? Uh, they, they talk to high school coaches. They, they, they do some real investigative reporting because you're going to pay some guys millions of dollars. You got to find out who that person is. Good general managers, they will draft the player as well as the person. So we don't have access to a lot of information, John. One of the things I do like to do, though, is going to YouTube. I like to, like to listen to players' interviews. Mm -hmm. It gives you sure. some insight into how intelligent they are how shy they are, how gregarious they are. Are they going to be a good teammate, right? Are, are they full of bullshit? Are they are they serious about their craft or whatever? I'm watching some of Lewis Seen's interviews. I watched the one from the Combine. I've watched one from the Georgia Pro Day. I've watched some after the loss to Alabama in the SEC championship game. And the first thing I thought of is this could be Todd Bowles' son. That's how serious this guy is about football. His demeanor is almost like like he's like a younger version of Todd Bowles. And I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, like it's funny. It was funny. Guy. They asked him, like, do you think you did well? And he was like, humbly, I think I did all right. Like, you know, he was like just very polite about it, yeah. and it just very much reminded yeah. me of how Bowles would have said it. Like, yeah, you know, Bowles had never been like one I'm best DB in this draft. Like, period. Like, draft me. And Cena yeah. is like very confident, clearly, yeah. but doesn't need to like no false bravado about him. We are looking at a very clear type. Like the Bucks, it it's so clear, Scott. Like for drafts yeah. now, look at the last couple drafts. Wurfs, Winfield, especially with premier yes. picks. Wurfs, 
Winfield, uh, Joe Trinchoinka, Kyle yep. Trask. They're looking for guys who are all about football, who are, you know, can, every time you interview him, you're like, super mature dude, like, yep. you know, really well-spoken dude, like super mature, knows what he wants, gets work ethic, understands it, stays healthy, takes care of their body. Like there's <laughs> prototypes basically that fall under the fallen players at this point in the draft looking for those types. And yep. he really aligns himself with that type. Zion Johnson really aligns himself with that type. Um, some things about Devontae Wyatt maybe align himself with that type. And obviously we're just going off a little bit that we've seen. We'll right. see about Traylon Burks. Then we'll talk about him later. I'm not totally yeah. sure there, but there are some types and players in this draft. You're just like, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that guy's a, and John, like that guy's a buck fit. You're right in the position too, right? Let's not forget in 2017, Jason Light drafted Justin Evans in the second round as a safety. Mm-hmm. He drafted Antoine Winfield in the second round as a safety. He drafted Mike mm-hmm. Edwards in the third round as a safety. It's a very important position. Whitehead fourth, yeah, yeah, Whitehead fourth. It's a very important position. In Todd Bowles's defense. Oh, and by the way, Todd Bowles was a safety in the NFL in college, right? Right. And it's just it's one of those positions that that uh, when you're picking 27th, I mean, it's 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 a second round pick. It just is, yeah. right? It's yeah, like yeah. fans fans were blowing their mind last year. They drafted uh, Kyle Traskin in the second. It was literally the last pick in the second round. There are no such thing as as 32 first rounders mm-hmm. in in the draft. There's 32 first round picks. But players that are actually first rounders, there might be a dozen. I think there's probably a dozen this year. Uh, in most years, when there, there's a better first round, it's 18 to 20 guys. Once yeah. you get into the, the mid to late 20s, you're essentially drafting second round talent. Right. Do want to roll through some questions because we've got a lot of them. We promised kind of a dual thing. We're going to be looking at the mock. We're also going to be getting some questions. So let's get five or six, seven questions here, and then we'll get back to some of the thoughts on the mock draft. And we'll talk about some of the wide receivers, too, that the Bucks have been visiting with tony says what adjustments does this coaching staff need to make to beat the good teams in 2022 tony i would like to answer this question schematically but i want to see what they do in terms of personnel first to me that's where the biggest adjustments need to make like finding a quality wide receiver three they agreed went out and did it getting a better interior rush slash better four-man rush whatever way that seems that's possible can you do that um and they seem like they've identified that at least we'll see what (laughs) steps they make towards it. But those are things, you know, solidifying somebody that can play in the nickel. Those are things all I wanted. Those are not things I didn't necessarily know if they would even do. And if, especially if they draft yeah. a safety who can play early on, it will seem like they've done that if they give Ryan the opportunity to do that, to play in that spot. So those are some of the adjustments I think that they've made, but there might be more and schematically we can talk about it, but I want to see who the personnel is first. Uh, I agree with him. At that point. Yep. Being healthy helps too, Scott. Be not oh, yeah. having a lot of your good players injured for the playoffs against the team that would ultimately just ask Todd season. Bowles. He'd like to yeah. do more than rather than play soft zone That's coverage. Right. Right? That's right. Quantum Spin asks, "What's the story on Richard Sherman?" I think he's probably retiring. He's not not going to play in Tampa Bay. I'm sure. Yep. Um, Kenneth Walker, uh, Josh wants to know. I have not seen him yet. I haven't watched running backs yet. Yeah. Scott, you have seen some have, Kenneth Walker. Yes. What do you yeah. think? He ran really I, I love, well. I mean, not that that is a huge deal for a back, as we talked about. I yesterday. love him as a running back uh, pick. Uh, he went from Wake Forest to Michigan State, where he played one year and was phenomenal. He is reminds me a lot as a runner of Javante Williams from North Carolina. He's just a big, thick guy that that will bowl you over. He's got some Whoa. wiggle. He'll he'll rip and slip and in yeah. depth tackles, he, he's he's a big time breakaway back. I like him. I don't know if it's because he can't catch the ball or because he was not mm. featured 
as a pass catcher, but very much like Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, got very, very, very few opportunities. I think he had maybe eight or ten catches. And so for a Bucks fit, this could be Ronald Jones all over again, where, where they drafted him with a very small sample size at USC. And listen, catching passes at your pro day is one thing, right? But when you have pads on and a helmet and it's the third quarter and – you know, you've got a safety bearing down on you in the flat. Can you catch that pass? That's a lot different than running around in shorts and a T-shirt in your air-conditioned dome on a pro day, you know, catching all 15 passes that are swing passes mm -hmm. from your college quarterback. And so right. it's so hard to make a projection about running backs uh, if, if they can catch the ball, if they haven't done it. And so that's the only thing that scares me about him as a Bucks fit. Haven't seen the, enough catch uh, opportunities for Kenneth Walker to make him a fit right. in Tampa. Yeah, makes sense. Something to look at for sure. Uh, Kenneth says, Scott wrote about interior D-line being weak in the draft. Do we prioritize a defensive tack with flashes of pass rush or rotational space eater to help keep Vea fresh? Definitely the former, in my opinion, is what yep. the Bucks will do. I think they are looking for flashes of pass rush, athleticism, yes. explosiveness. And if they can't find that till day three, they'll mm -hmm. just – Take it yeah. day three, and, but. and and they're happy with with Nacho as that rotational nose tackle. He can go in there, right, you know, right. for a couple of snaps and stuff the yeah. run. Yeah, he's and he's a different type of player than Vea, but it still works. I mean, he's a yeah. one gap get up the field, and he is mm -hmm. explosive. And that that's never translated to pass rush for him. I mean, just right. never translated to pass rush for the. I think he's got wild. one career sack or something. Yeah, it's just it's he like, is a complete non-factor yeah. as a pass rusher. It is funny. Yeah. Um, Vortex asked, if Burks fell to us at 27 and Zion Johnson wasn't there, would you pick him? Is he still your wide receiver one? This is a great question. He is still my wide receiver one. Yeah. Vortex, I have not seen any compelling reason to change that. I would say that overall, though, I am a little bit less confident in Burks based on his testing and then not testing at Arkansas at his pro day. Like At least take yeah. that opportunity, I would think. to. It, all it does for me is it raises question marks I'm probably not going to have answers to before yeah. the draft keeps me from being like totally bullish on him as like take this guy as the first receiver off the board for whoever team you know drafts the first receiver like somewhere in the top 10 or 15 right. wherever that guy comes off the board it, it it takes me away from saying wow like you totally blew it like where dk metcalf for example when he fell to 64 i was like wow you, you totally blew it to like the teams in the first yeah. round like this guy's gonna be better than basically everybody you took in the first round like ahead of this guy like i yeah. just was i thought it was totally absurd now with burks like i there's enough questions with him where I could be like, okay, like I get it. If somebody else takes somebody else first for me, he's still going to be wide receiver one. It doesn't mean that he'll be like super high graded for me on my board though. I see this as a draft with a lot of good, like number two type receivers, mm -hmm. obviously some really good number three types guys that will play and help and contribute and be positive forces for yes. the team. I don't see a lot of guys that are going to be future top 10 receivers I agree. in the NFL. And last year's class, I did not. I felt that was a premier yeah. group. It, it really was. Two interesting things about Burks. Number one is he's visiting Tampa as one of their top 30 visits. You only get 30 guys to bring in your building outside of your local prospects. Yeah. So that's interesting. That is. He's not the only one. Chris Olave no. is visiting as well. We heard today. Uh, so, yes. So let's, let's just get to hmm. that news real quick, right? Chris yeah. Olave is another player that they interviewed at the combine and and, and he is, uh, yeah, and he's a speedster out of Ohio State. So you, you like the vertical ability there mm -hmm. with Burks. Boy, the fact that this guy can play in the slot, play outside. Yeah, he can contest, catch the ball. He can get the yards after catch. He's a big physical guy. Really, unlike anybody they have. I mean, Burks is almost like one part Mike Evans and one part Chris Godwin. Throw those guys in a blender, and that's Burks. With Olave, this is more of like a. 
just a burner type. I mean, he he can flat out fly and get vertical, which which is what Bruce Arians likes. John, they've got two guys at the wide receiver position coming in for a top 30 visit. That's very interesting. And it and yeah. th- and then you throw in the fact that today they were up in North Dakota State looking mm-hmm. at another big time wide receiver, Christian Watson from North, North Dakota State, former Tampa kid. It I might mean, be a situation yeah. where where Bruce Arians and Tom Brady say, you know what, we had we had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and you know Brashard Perriman slash Tyler Johnson and gosh for the, for the playoffs we were without Perriman or you know we were yeah mm-hmm. without Perriman we're without Godwin without uh, AB of course they almost right. lost to the Jets because they didn't have Godwin and, and AB you know flaked down them in the third quarter so yeah. I, I think they might need four really, really good wide receivers just to shore up the position <laughs> and safeguard against injury. It's true. You know, if they had, again, I said this yesterday, and I'm already going to be eating some of my words, I guess. I really, I'm a little bit surprised by today's news. Like the visits are kind of a big deal. And when you have multiple yeah. receivers coming in for visits, yes. it doesn't mean you'll draft those guys, but it clearly means that they are looking at taking one a wide receiver at 27. Like, if Olave is on the board, it's going to be a 27, not at 60. Like, so, Correct. and yes. if same thing with Burke, he's not going to be there at 60. And Watson Correct. maybe will be there at 60. But again, you're not banking on it necessarily. So you're thinking about him at 27 to 60, like in that right. range. Like, so all these things show that they are clearly like, and there's an offensive lineman in North Dakota State as well that yeah. they could be Cordell looking Wilson, at. Cordell Wilson, who I, I like. I right. Cordell Wilson could yeah. definitely be a consideration. So it couldn't, it might not just be. It might not just be Christian Watson, but the fact that yeah. you had a visit with Christian Watson at the combine, they yeah. visited with Chris Olave at the combine. Uh, Burks, I don't think he knew yet about his visits. If I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now, right. but and we also know Alec Pierce is another player that's a former. Yeah, we'll the, talk about him guy. in a second. He's in our mock. Yeah. Yes, all four of those dudes are clear Bucks fits on the field. Now yeah. there are components to it. They are going to want to know. There, are, I would say three. I'll talk about Olave in a second. Pierce clearly, like physically, athletically, the way he tested, what he does on tape, being a jump ball guy, guy law for Cincinnati. I don't think he plays to his athleticism on tape all the time in terms of speed and quickness that he tested like. Right. But there's no question on tape that he's their type vertical guy, makes plays like that, like big outside guy. That's what they're looking for. They have a couple slot options now. Yeah. They're determined basically not to like let this vertical group pass them by. All these guys are probably going to go in the first three or four rounds when you go to Pierce. If you go to those other three guys we mentioned, they're probably going to go in the first two rounds for sure. Most of them will probably go in the first round. You know, Mm -hmm. Olave is the most interesting in a lot of ways to me, Scott, because he is obviously a vertical player and a good route runner. He is not as big or physical as Pierce, as Burks, or as Watson. Like He's not as big or strong or physical as those guys that Watson and Burks were getting the ball as runners. Yep. You know, he was not those type of guy get a manufactured touches. Olave doesn't do anything after the catch. It's like, again, there's, he's a very defined skill set. He's a good route yep. runner. He's got good hands and he, and he makes plays he, down the he's field. He's not as fast, but he reminds me a little bit of another Ohio state wide receiver, Joe Galloway's played for the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. he would just streak down the field and catch the ball. And it's that's Galloway bigger I'm not yeah, Galloway was was 5'10, 195, a similar okay, size. So he 195. Okay. What was Olave yeah. at the I forget what he was at the I think he was six foot about six one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. So it may be a little bit stockier, but yeah, Olave's pretty thin frame, uh, yeah. not a very big frame, and and not a very physical player at all. At all. Yeah. 
just right. isn't. A very finesse player. And, and mean Galloway was that way too. He was just a finesse yeah. player that just went and got the ball deep and, and made and, a living out of it. So and maybe that's you know Olave. That's enough you know to bring him in for a visit. He has a different, little bit of a different type. But the other guys, I mean, on the field like Burks, because they're not going to care about his forty time at all. They know right. he hit twenty two, almost twenty three miles per hour on tape multiple yeah. times last year. Like the, his acceleration, I don't care what he for the forty. I don't know like. But the 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 flying twenty, what they call, and, and the forty, that a lot of GMs look at that more than anything yeah. else. That's like once you've gotten going, you know, from this track stance that you're never going to be in the NFL. Exactly. Once you get going, like that flying twenty, like that's where you're going to separate down the field anyway. Yeah. And your vertical threat as a receiver, that's what a lot of these teams care about. And he flies in that. I mean, his mm-hmm. acceleration to pull away from people is is wild to watch on tape. So yeah. there's not going to be any concerns with them to me about his pro day. The only thing I don't know about is the meeting. I, I talked to Burks in Indy, thought he was fine, thought he was good at the yeah. podium, but it wasn't like Zion Johnson and some of these other guys, Lewis seen. It's like, all right, clearly like this dude's going to knock right. their socks off. Now J- JTS took a while to warm up too. He's a little bit shy at first. Correct. And now you talk to him and you're like, oh, wow, this dude's confident. He's comfortable now. Like he, he knows right. the media. Like it's and a little Vita, bit different. Vita was incredibly shy too. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. Right. You no, know, he did not win the press conference uh, but, outside but of just they his talked appearance. about how much he won them over in their meetings just Correct. recently, even like yeah. how his personality and just likableness. And mm-hmm. so we'll see with that with Burks um, and with Olave and some of those other guys, but there's clear interest here in top yeah. wide receivers in the draft, Scott. I agree. And that is very interesting. It, it, it is. There it's is not a path a surprise. to playing time. Like yeah. Mike Evans under contract for two years and is probably finishing his career as a buck. Yeah. Like unless, probably unless is. Go Godwin is three years. Gage is three Brady years. Brady said, we're going to go four wide. We're going to go <laughs> four verts and we're just going to do this, you know. John, we, they are talked certainly about... an offense that could do that. There's no, there's yeah. no doubt about that. They wouldn't go, go to waste. It'd just be a little surprising with the first round pick to yeah. go that direction, but I would not I hate it. I'm all about weapons. I, and I'm all about too. pass rushers and I'm all about corners. So I, any of those too. positions, I'll never. And, and the other thing is we're, we're all about Celsius, John. That, mm-hmm. That's the thing. And I was a happy camper yesterday because I got four cases of Celsius that I ordered right from Amazon and you can too. And I got these off the subscribe and save. Mm-hmm. You're looking at this flavor right here. It's the Fuji apple pear. It's the one front and center right there. I love it. Uh, I used to drink apple juice as a kid. And this is a great sparkling flavor. You can see the strawberry guava, the wild berry. They got some new flavors too, like the orange pomegranate, the stevia flavor, which I absolutely love. I had an orange one yesterday, tropical vibe, peach vibe. Folks, the flavor is unreal. And the only thing that's better than the flavor is the fact that there's no sugar in these bad boys. You're talking about no preservatives. When there's no sugar, that means you get all the energy without the crash. This is legit stuff. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe John, if you don't believe other Peter reporters here that praise Celsius and speak highly of this tasty energy drink, the best on the market, mm-hmm. just look in the chat. You can see all of the people that have tried Celsius because of their exposure here on the Peter Report podcast, and we appreciate that. And I know that Celsius does too. If you want to find out where to get Celsius locally so you can try a can, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and they'll pop up. You can also click on the Peter Report uh, banner ads, the Celsius banner ads over on our home site. And, uh, and last but not least, go to Amazon. Once you find out the flavors you like, or maybe you want to get the variety pack, do that and have it shipped right to your house. That's the best way to get Celsius because you can save money by buying in bulk and ship it right to your door. Yeah, absolutely. It's great stuff. Uh, good questions here. Tom Bucks fan. Green Bay is losing. Why does your Marquez Valdez McKenzie? Yes, three-year, $30 million deal for Marquez Valdez Gantling. 
this is absurd to me, Scott. Like everything Kansas City's done is ridiculous to me. Yeah. But the Zoddy, this isn't even like they have the cap space and the Charlotte receivers left. So whatever. Like Mahomes, yeah. could he be good? Sure. He just but he just played with Aaron Rodgers, Scott, and he's never hit 700 yards receiving in a year. Like people thought, oh, Russell Gage is getting 10 mil per year. Like right. he had two years, he had 202 targets over the yeah. last two years. Valdez Scaling is barely even out there. He had 430 yards last year, Scott. Yeah. He had 690 yards the year before that. What are we doing? Like 10 mil a year for this guy who does one yeah. thing. If he's on the field, you know exactly what he's going to do. He does one vertical thing. That's vertical ridiculous. Route. Yeah. Russell Gage is so much better than Marcus. Oh, this is again, if you were up, if you were like, wow, 10 mils a lot for Gage. Yeah. Now you see like, this guy's at the end of free agency, still going for ten mil a year. Well, and the, the other thing too is the Packers are really tipping their hand now, right? They've lost Devontae Adams, they've lost uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling, so you know it's pretty obvious they're Al drafting. Lazard and Randall Cobb, you're not. Well, you no, know, but not, it's clear they're drafting a running back at number at number twenty eight, right? <laughs> I mean, they're just tipping their hand. It's like this is where you know, Brees Hall comes off the board. That's right. You've got Aaron Jones. You've got AJ Dillon. You're gonna. They're going to draft Brees Hall. Aaron Rodgers yeah. after that. They're going to run the wishbone with Aaron Rodgers because he's, he's no one to throw taking, the ball. Taking Max Borgie in round four. Probably. Just, oh, he catches a lot of passes, Aaron. We thought maybe oh, yeah. he could. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. We're going to draft Rashard White and then come back in day three and get uh, and get Max Borgie, the, right. the, the two top pass-catching backs <laughs> in the draft. They do have a real plight of receiver. It's going to get so interesting as just to wrap up the receiver thoughts on the box right around their pick because um, let me pull up the draft order real quick so I don't mess this yeah. up. Green but, Bay picks right after Tampa, and so the, they're going to draft one of the receivers we're talking about. If Olave, if the Bucks yeah. pass on Olave, he's a Packer. If the Bucks pass on Christian Watson, he's a Packer. It just right, that's how it's but it's happen. not just Green Bay, right? Like it's San Francisco, it's uh, twenty-seven is Tampa Bay, yeah. and if you look ahead of them, Tennessee, Buffalo. Yep. Dallas, maybe, but these teams do not need receivers really. Like they have right. not really considered. Now, the Packers do pick a 22 as well because they have the Raiders pick from the Devontae Adams trade. So there's a receiver that could go there. Then you have the weird situation Packers pick a 28. Yeah. Kansas City picks a 29. Kansas mm -hmm. City picks a 30. And those are three potential receiver spots. So again, if you're the Bucs, you are probably looking at these receivers heavily at 27 because you know right. that you're not going to be able to get, or nor will you be able to trade down. If so, if there's a receiver you mm -hmm. like, it might take trading down off the board. So it's just something to think about. The other thing is that Kansas City and Green Bay, with the picks that they've stockpiled from these trades of Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, would they want to try? Would they try to jump up? You know, right. to would Kansas City try to jump up? New England's always looking to trade back. Would they try to jump up to 21 and get ahead of Green Bay for one of these receivers? Because there's yeah. no going to a season with Mahomes and Rodgers in the receiver rooms that these teams have. It's yeah. it's quite laughable right now. Yeah, no, it really is. You know, and <laughs> and the thing is, too, there's a lot of receivers in this draft, but like you said, John, a lot of number two and number three receivers, not a lot of yeah. guys that are going to come in and press for a thousand yards as a rookie. You know, yeah, um, especially late in the first round. I mean, there's yeah. a couple of these guys are going to be off the board probably. So exactly, Kansas City's fascinating, by the way, Scott, because yeah. MVS. They have Juju Smith-Schuster. They already signed. Michael mm -hmm. Hardman's there. I imagine you want him to play a role. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. So like you have guys. I don't think any of those receivers are good, but right. <laughs> one of those, if you draft somebody high, one of those guys is probably getting benched. Uh, yes. So like, are you going to bench one of your two guys that you just signed? I don't yeah. think. That's are a good going to bench Hardman, your only holdover? I don't know. It's that's, it's that's a good point. They might not take one as early as Chiefs fans think, and there's going to be riots in those streets. And oh yes, for it. no doubt about it. 
Jordan Schneiderman with a $5 super chat. Um, feels like we still need one more pass rusher in the rotation. If you could each pick a free agent pass rusher to add to the roster, who would it be and why? Well, I would pick Justin Houston because this guy can get. I thought you were going to say Jason Beerball. No, no, no. No. Uh, Justin Houston, he just, that's what he does. He just gets the quarterback, you know. Um, that's my good sacks literally yep. just every year. DPR. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter how old it's he is. Pass rusher. Just put him in there, third downs, let him get after the quarterback. He knows how to do it. Right. Um, let me think about this for a second. I'm gonna pull up the rankings so I answer this. I'm t- I'm totally on board with Houston, by the way. Professional. He's been in a rotation role for years now. He's not gonna get bent out of shape about it. Yeah, I don't know his character. Like he he was doing well in Pittsburgh and then just won it out. I don't know what I'm not holding that against him because I'm a Steeler guy. Like I'm just saying I right. I, that might be like a red flag to the Bucks, but like Melvin Ingram would be a friggin' blast and Todd Bowles. Oh, yeah. Fans. I actually feel like anyway. we've been sort of robbed as football fans. Never. <laughs> I mean, he is the ultimate twist in games guy, the ultimate mm-hmm. blitz guy. He can drop and do some things, but also like he can rush from any alignment. He stands up, he puts his hand down. He is the nastiest spin move in the NFL. Like he's just kind of one of those players that wreaks havoc mm-hmm. all over a front. And he's so big that he, you can literally put him inside and it can be fine so he would be probably my choice just because he's more versatile than houston but yeah. i like houston too he's more of a true edge houston but i like him as well yeah you know the thing is 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 john abraham was a player that went from from atlanta to the cardinals back in 2013 bruce's first season so uh you know i, I wouldn't rule out if the buccaneers swing and, and and don't have an opportunity to to draft an outside guy and they still need another guy I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if one of those guys we mentioned, John, ends up signing after the draft or, or over the summer to Tampa Bay because that's one thing Bruce will do is is you know he he'll go out there and get a, a guy kind of off the street in 2013. John Abraham right. actually hit the Cardinals in sacks with 11 and a half, right? So right at the end of True. his row, Atlanta you know kicked him out the door and uh, mm-hmm. he had more sacks than Carlos Dansby and Darnell Dockett that year. <laughs> He was a no no doubt about it. A pass rusher. Jets still have not found one as good as him. Uh, Colin O'Connell says, "How would you feel about Daxton Hill versus seeing more of a nickel type?" Tim, I'm just not that worried about the nickel now because of Ryan. Now, if they choose not to play him there and he's just sitting on the roster all year and they don't play him in the nickel and they're getting killed at the nickel, I'm just going to be like, "That's on the coaches" because they had an answer, you know. So I, right now, I'm not really concerned about drafting a player like yeah. that. Now, Daxton Hill is interesting because he's not. We've talked this little bit petrie Jalen petrie from there played just nickel basically he'll play a little bit safety still mostly in the slot but it's going to be interesting to see how teams see him you know in terms of where they want him in the nfl yeah and and the thing is 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 hill is more of like a nickel corner than than he is even a safety the bucks do view him as a safety though i kind of found that out but mm-hmm. you know looking at our, our our second round second round mock draft you, you got to remember too it may not seem like there's a need at cornerback because you just re-signed Carlton Davis. If you're Tampa Bay, you've got Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy bunting in contract years, but because they're in a contract year and you can't afford to keep all three of them, uh, especially if one of them blows up, maybe it's Jamel Dean, but you got to go back to last year, right? I mean, D, D Delaney started a pair of games. Pierre Desaire started a couple of games. Richard Sherman started a couple of games. The cornerback position was decimated. CD missed seven games. SMB missed eight. Jamel Dean missed two starts and was a quick exit in two other games, the Rams game and the Colts game due to injury. So one of the players we had them drafting in the second round might be a touch high, but this is a player that's really interesting. This is uh, Zion McCollum out of 
Sam Houston State. He's a big, tall drink of water, 6'2", 199, uh, a bigger cornerback like Todd Bowles likes. He blazed a fast time in uh, sub 4'4 in the 40-yard dash. And and if you're going to be drafted high as a FCS player, right, as a a lesser division player, you really got to dominate that level. This is a guy that did. He played five years at Sam Houston State, and in four of those five seasons, he had three interceptions. So you add them all up, he had tw- uh, 13 interceptions. He had one year where he had one one pick. But this is a ball hawk. This is a player that that was didn't really show out at the Senior Bowl, but he did show up at the Senior Bowl. And what I mean by that is, is some of these smaller school players, John, you know, they could go to the NFLPA Bowl or the East West Shrine Bowl. Those are some lesser bowls for guys that are typically going to be day three players or even undrafted players. But the Senior Bowl thought enough of him to get him up at that at that level. And and I don't think that he embarrassed himself. I don't think he mm-hmm. made a name for himself. But he but he proved he belonged. And and this is a player that that is a developmental corner. Right? He's not going to come in. And necessarily start right away. Although if he does, that's it's an indictment on SMB or Jim Dean. But the, the Bucks like size a corner, and they probably need to invest in a corner, not just for in case injuries strike again, but maybe as a guy that they have in a hopper in case Jamel Dean doesn't get re-signed, or maybe Sean Murphy Bunting. No question. This was interesting to me. This pick. I don't know much about him. I need to watch more of his game. Obviously, corners weird. For the Bucks, like they could take one in the first round, Scott. They could yep. draft Kyrie Elam, who might be our Bucks' best bet in the first round at corner for 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 Tampa Bay. Uh, or and I wouldn't be surprised. Or they could not draft a corner at all, and I right. wouldn't be surprised. Like I have no idea how they view the one of the big mysteries of covering the Bucks the last couple of years is how they view Jamal Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. Like we just don't have a great grasp of that. Part of it is Dean has played better, and it it still felt like they maybe wanted to play Murphy Bunting over him at times. And Dean was also, even though he was clearly better than Murphy Bunting has ever been last year, and he sustained it for longer than Dean's ever sustained it. He just was hard, had a hard time staying on the field consistently, but Murphy Bunting also got hurt. This year was the year last year. We were sure Murphy Bunting was trash. Then he played in the playoffs and he was good, you know, good enough. And then last season he gets hurt and misses most of the year. Then he's not really good. When he mm-hmm. returns, no turnovers, if I'm recalling correctly. Like he just was a non-factor as yes. a player. He did not look like a second contract guy. He really has not really looked right. like a second contract guy at any point in Tampa Bay, but they keep playing him. They talk about him once they love him and just have no idea. So again, they could take one in the first round or not at all. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised because I don't know what they think about those guys. I know. Exactly. Back to some questions, John. We have a five dollar super chat from Leo. Do you think they brought in Mason and Ryan to help Brady set up to teach the Patriots? <laughs> I do not think this, Leo, but that is hilarious. Just because people we laugh because it's just people say Patriots culture so much. Yeah. Like Bucks have their own culture is yeah. so different than New England's culture. And I think that's why players love it and want to come there and, yeah. and it's such a popular destination. Uh, I think they brought in Shaq Mason because the Patriots are one of the crazy teams that you always check to see if they'll trade one of their guys because they yeah. Or draft resources, even though they hate most prospects, and they'll use them to get. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. They're not a very good drafting team. They it just went all like, out in free agency last year, and were nine and seven or ten and seven. It seems like Bill Belichick just he kind of senses a player is about to be on the, on the downswing. The player's not there yet, but he likes to get rid of guys in two years early. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. And he won't pay to keep guys in their prime like JC Jackson at premium positions. Maybe he ends up being right. We'll see. I think he made the right call with Gilmore. I had that I didn't have any the way it was handled, maybe it wasn't great, but the, the call was fine. Um, but yeah, I do think that's why. And Logan Ryan was a couple years ago. I think they wanted to bring him in because of the versatility again with Bulls. Correct. That's he's all pretty much always done that with safety. So yeah, I, yep. I think those are the main reasons. Um somebody asked about uh UConn. John asked about UConn defensive tackle Travis yep. Jones in the draft, Scott. You and I maybe see this one a little bit differently. I don't necessarily see him as the worst fit for the box. But I don't think they'll take him at 27. If he's there at 60, maybe, but I don't think they'll take him at 27. You think there's a little bit better chance maybe that they could take him? I think so because there's really four defensive tackles in this draft that have identified that that might be Bucks fits. And well, actually, I'm gonna say three because I don't think Jordan Davis is actually a Bucks fit. I think if Jordan Davis is there at 27, believe it or not, I think Tampa Bay would pass on him just because he doesn't offer any value on third down. He's not a pass rusher. Um, as Warren Sapp told me. The kid may test 4-7, but he played like 5-2 on, on Saturdays. And I agree. I watched a lot of Georgia, and I've maintained all along, uh, John. I thought Jalen Carter was the best defensive tackle of Georgia. He was a sophomore. He's coming back for his junior year. He's not eligible for the draft. I thought Devontae Wyatt was, was was right there, too. And then I thought Jordan Davis was the third best defensive tackle. So I, I, I don't think that's the case. So it's Devontae Wyatt. And it's, it's Travis Jones. And Jones, to me, is not the quick-twitch guy that Bruce Arians wants or that he's talking about. But he is athletic enough. He's 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 in the Indomitian Sioux mold. And so I think that that they may have to settle this year. And and, and if they do, uh, they might be resigned to the fact that Travis Jones, who ran a 4.92 at 325 pounds, is, is enough of a talent. You could stick him there. And he's going to be a good player. Is he going to be a pro bowler? I don't know. But I think he could be a quality starter in this mm-hmm. system because they do rely so much on those defensive tackles to stop the run. Yeah. And he might be our early Bucks best bet, too. We'll have to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Uh, well, Harvinder says, yeah. what's that? I was going to just say that this might be the time just to, to quickly move on to the other defensive tackle that, that they do like, who we actually had the Bucks oh, right. drafting. Yes, talk about him, and then we'll answer Harvinder's questions. Let me just answer Harvinder's questions. How many Tampa's draft picks from last year actually worked out and gave something to the team on the field? Well, Hainsey and Trask were behind two All-Pros, so they weren't going to play. Right. Um, And then JTS played, played well, which you you know um, in his role. And then Darden, I would say, is the one that, you know, return guy, was brought in to be return guy. Didn't let the team in special teams. Yeah. Right? What's that? Yeah, Britt and Stewart were both great as special teamers. Yeah, Yeah, they were both really – Stewart was – Stewart looks like he will be literally a Pro Bowl special yes. teamer. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Like, he is probably one of the better special teamers in Tampa Bay in the last 10 yes. years. Like, he's that good. No doubt about it. Like, even when he didn't get tackles, he's constantly down there off blocks, forcing yes. the issue. He looks like a – I mean, he's the last pick in the draft. If you can get one yeah. of the best special teamers in the league is the last pick in the draft, it's a heck of a bit. Yeah, so Bucks that's, actually uh, have, that's the Bucks say. have two Mr. Irrelevance on their team. Uh, Ryan Suckup, the That's kicker, right. was was one, and, and also Grant Stewart. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the defensive tackle position, right. because um, the other guy that that we've we've identified as as a potential Bucks fit is this big guy right here, Ayoma Uwerzariki from Iowa State. And as a Big Twelve guy, I watched mm-hmm. him play a lot, and I really didn't notice him at all until this past year. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, because he had nine sacks this year. He wow. was a first team All Big Twelve pass rusher. 
and and the, the, he was really a late bloomer. He played five years at Iowa State. So he's like a little bit older. He's 24. But this is a player that at 6'6", 313 pounds, gives the Buccaneers the size, the length, the beef that they want to be able to stuff the run. He has got a relentless motor. He got better every year. And he really was was the best player, I thought, on Iowa State's defense. They regressed a little bit as a team, but he really stepped up as, as a pass rusher this year and proved he was more than just a defensive tackle. He's a big physical guy, works hard, and really the thing that I, I like about him is in their 3-4 scheme, John, he played all three positions. He was all over that defensive line. Mm. Sometimes they would even use him as an edge rusher like Todd Bowles will do on occasion with Vita Vea, right, just to give a, a tackle a different look. But he was right. at five tech th- uh, defensive end like Will Golston. He played three tech like Indomitian Sue. He played nose tackle like Vita Vea. So you get a big athletic guy like this in the third round, and you have a player that might be the heir apparent to Will Golston, or he might be the heir apparent to Indomitian Sue. Yeah, I mean he's an interesting player for sure, and I can't wait to finish his tape evaluation. But I mean, six six three sixteen is yep. not a frame you find very often inside. You know, it harkens you to like Buckner and Campbell, and right. those guys can play because they're elite players at that height. But there are not a lot of guys at that height yeah. that do well inside. And you know what, John? They have elite skill sets. You're right, and I think this guy's floor is Will Golston, right? Who is six six three hundred and ten pounds, similarly yeah. sized, but this guy's a little twitchier, a little bit more athletic. I don't know if he's as strong. Um, because Will is Will is the Hulk. I mean, he if yeah. Will Golston oh, his is, frame is incredible. Like, is is the most impressive Buccaneer. Like he yeah. just is, and he has been for a long time physically. Yeah. And uh, so, if if that's his floor, and you're 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 drafting him at, as as a late third round pick, Will Golston's been a starter for ten years and was a fourth round pick. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's not a bad trade off right there, late in the third round. 316 pounds and you vertical jump 33 inches. That mm-hmm. is not common, man. That is yep. not common at all. So He's give me an interesting player. There's always like to check Lance Zierlein scouting reports over at uh, NFL.com yep. to see what Kizzy often will have a quote from a scout or something like that. And it's really the only access we get to a lot of the personalities of most of these players other than Correct. the combine. And he says uh, from a scouting director for an AFC team, their coaches, Iowa State's coaches, rave about the way he's overcome personal adversity and become more mature. So just kind of something cool. Like we're talking, always talking about Bucks draft somebody. It's almost always they're trying to be either neutral personality or positive mm-hmm. personality for the yeah. locker room. Um, and so it seems yeah. like that's a good sign that he could yeah. be a potential fit. Well, and, John, after three first rounds, or I should say three defensive picks, right, we've already talked about him, so we're not going to, uh, but Alex uh, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, Desmond Ritter's uh, top target the last couple of years. He is the fourth round pick. So we'll kind of move on and answer some more questions. But uh, right. just getting to that fourth round pick, we have Alec Pierce. We've talked about him being that vertical contested mm-hmm. catch guy that uh, if the Buccaneers look at number Could four be a big receiver, slot too. Could be. Could have some flexibility to, yep. to move around and play different spots, which they're always looking for, obviously. Yep. Um, Long Lost Glazer says, Number 27, Travis Jones or DeMarvin Leal. Yeah, this one's – Leal is not a buck. It's just, again, not even just to say he's bad or he's soft no. or anything like that. Just don't get the impression watching him on tape. Yeah. Never have. Even when I thought, oh, he's intriguing. I never yeah. 
never had him up there for the Bucks. I would be shocked if they picked him. Yes, I would be shocked if they took him. I'd be shocked if they took Perrion Winfrey. I'd be shocked if they took George Karloftis in the first round. Those are some names that that we probably know that they're not going to take. Probably not going to (laughs) be. Yeah, hinted. Um, No, I think you're right. Those are, yeah, those are names. And I would not expect, you know, Winfrey a little bit surprised. It seems like the reviews on him are very mixed, like, if you read Bob McGinn's stuff, there's some guys that are like, yeah. he's all talk. But when you put on the tape, he's not very good, but he plays very hard, like very much bull in a china shop, very linear, nonstop yeah. movement, often movement without a purpose. But he seems he's very high effort, very physical, big dude. But yeah, and he played well at the senior bowl with the tape. But it doesn't. <laughs> I didn't think about this. Uh, Kenneth Posner with with a great comment here. <laughs> Use Uzerike practicing versus Werfs. Iowa State versus Iowa bloody drills. Yes, the Cyhawk Trophy is real. I mean, as as much as you think Florida, Florida State, or in my neck of the woods, uh, you, when you got uh, you got you got K State versus KU. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not really a that's not really a rivalry anymore. Right. We, we spank them uh, tremendously in football every year. But Iowa, Iowa State, that's a real legit Midwestern rivalry there because, yeah, one team is uh, Iowa State in the Big 12. You've got Iowa in the Big 10. That's that's a war. That would be a fun training camp battle to watch, John, Uzurike versus uh, Worfs. Oh, it would be. No question about it. There would be some battles there. Uh, I Like Rice says, uh, are there any off-ball linebackers out there this year, someone capable of doing Devin White? And Levante style play. I love White, but I feel like he's going to piss us off again. He is, but he's also getting the, the fifth year option we've already reported is yeah. going to get picked up for him. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like he's yeah. going to be around. So he's going to be in one spot long term, whether y'all like it or not, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, now, David, contract year, you know, he's the kind of player that if he wanted to keep playing next year, there's not many free agents. Well, as Tom Brady could be, you know, we'll see. But, yeah. um, you know, there's not a ton of them free agents, especially compared to this year. So, like, he's probably a guy that you could add another year. You know, he's going to want to finish his career in Tampa probably. Right. And so, you know, you want to keep playing a year, we'll add a year. You know, the Blazers are going to make sure that happens, right? right? I mean, he's just – he's one of those guys. He's a franchise player. So, yeah, they're going to so, make – not the franchise tag, but a franchise yeah. player. Yeah. Right. So I, I Now, mean, will they take a linebacker, Scott? I don't have any idea. This is, like, corner to me. Like, I don't yeah. know. But um, the th- a good linebacker glass. It is. The lip service we've heard is they're high on KJ Britt. I think higher than you and I are, John, based on what we've seen, right? So so I don't know. Even that- if you're high on him, he's clearly not a he's clearly not a weak side backer. You wouldn't ask him to do things David did. Yeah. So would you switch Devin White? Would you move him and play Britt at Mike? I don't know. Um I, a- I don't know that that KJ Britt is in Devin White's class uh, athletically, right? I mean, he's a fifth round oh pick. So, gosh, not even close. No, yeah. well, but like, if you're going to ask, like, Britt can't do the things David does in coverage, like a weak side backer. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in favor, right. and I almost put Troy Anderson from Montana State in the second round. You like him, Buccaneers? I, I like. We him. like some linebackers. We just don't know who the Bucks like at linebacker yet. We have yeah. we're, we're zeroing in on it for a couple right. other positions, wide yep. out and D tackle and edge rusher. Yep. We've, we're getting a good safety. We're getting a good vibes. and yep. But there's a couple that we don't know. We know their type at corner. Yeah. We don't really have a great read on the linebacker situation. Yeah, I'm yet. starting to get a feel on some guys. And we'll, okay. you know, you'll find that in the Bucks' best bets because we'll have a couple guys for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, have we had about, a linebacker in any of our three seven-round mock drafts? Um, Maybe late. I think I think in the first one we had a guy in the seventh round. I think we might have had the – 
the Arizona State kid or the or the Baylor kid. One of those two guys. Okay. They're Bucks fits, but um, we we might put a linebacker in there on, on day three in one of these. Drafts. They need more picks. They, yeah, they might trade down. They do. It's yeah. hard right now because we're trying to do this. And the roster's not complete, and right. It, they've loved to take a linebacker, I'm sure, and, and plan for the future. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do it this year. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that I'll say too to to I like Rice is keep in mind there was there was a big coaching change, right? You have uh, you have uh, the new um, uh, outside linebackers coach um, uh, whose name escapes me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Wait, well, new outside uh, linebackers. Bob yes, Sanders. Um, thank you. Yes, it yes, just yeah, came yeah. to my mind. Uh, Bob Sanders is the new outside linebackers coach. And what they did was not the safety Bob Sanders. Not the safety Bob Sanders. Yes. So that they that they took um, uh, and his name is escaping me too. I'm having an old man moment here again. The outside hey, linebackers coach, Larry Foot. Larry Foot. Thank you. Gosh, Larry Foot. Larry Foot moved inside. It's been a long week, folks. I've written a lot. That my draft back killed me the last two days, um, and I'm working on a Fab Five right now. So. Larry Foote is inside now. He's the inside linebackers coach. It's a position he played in in the NFL, in Pittsburgh, uh, mm-hmm. among other places. And I just think a different voice for Devin White, a different perspective, not knocking Mike Caldwell at all. I think he's a good coach. But maybe having Larry Foote and his foot up Devin's ass is going to be a good thing because Larry Foote will bring the heat. He will bring the energy. He will. He, he is a high-energy guy, mm-hmm. whereas Mike Caldwell is a low-energy guy. Think of Mike Caldwell as Tony Dungy and Larry Foote as Mike Tomlin or yeah. Herm Edwards, right? It just the volume goes up. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe that resonates with Devin a little bit better. Maybe, yeah. That'd be totally interesting to see. I, I, I really am totally curious to see how that goes. Um, maybe having a more – a bigger personality in there is more pushes him more than somebody who's more chill. Like Caldwell. I really have no idea. A couple more as we close out, Josh says who on the roster could you see Tampa Bay move for more picks? If any player, do you think the team's happy with everyone? I I don't think there's many players, maybe a Scotty or Tyler Johnson, maybe during the draft or those guys could potentially get moved, but you're talking about late sixth round picks. You know, that's what they're going to get moved for. Players like Scotty do tend to be valuable to other teams, like teams that are just looking to look at. I mean, Scotty's better than Marquez Valdez Scantling, and he just got 10 million years. <laughs> I mean, teams aren't going to see him as better because he's Scotty's smaller. Like, but yeah, yeah, right. But he could get moved. Um, the Bucs just wouldn't. I don't know if they if they draft one early, they could move him one day, two or yeah. three. What, what's the role for him? If they draft a vertical threat in round one, if they draft a Lavi or Burks, or what are they going to do with Scotty Miller? Like, trade him. Yeah. Get a six round pick for him. You don't have a six. Get a six. So those yeah. guys. It, it also made me go back to Ronald Jones. They just should have traded him last year. I mean, I don't know if there would have been a market. It would have been a late pick, but it's another pick, man. Like in Ronald Jones, even if you lost running backs, he wasn't helping mm-hmm. you because he can't play in every down. Like you, you got to a point where you still rather play Keyshawn Ball. Like you still rather play Le'Veon Bell because they could pass protect and catch. And right, Jones can't. So should have traded right. him. Speaking of backs that can catch, John, as we round out our our mock draft. Uh, let's get to the seventh round because the Bucks do not have a fifth round pick. They traded that for mm-hmm. Shaq Mason. They have, they didn't have a sixth round pick due to a future or a, a past trade, I should say. So going into the seventh round, um, Max Borky from Washington State is a very interesting prospect. Why? Because this guy, not only does he look like Christian McCaffrey, he was called like little Christian McCaffrey uh, out there at Washington State, and 
you know, it's it's a situation where this guy can catch the ball like no other. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look back at his freshman season at Washington State, he burst on the scene with 366 yards and eight touchdowns. He's he's a little guy. He's going to remind Tom Brady of, of Rex Burkhead because I think that's that's the comp here. But eight touchdowns on the ground. He's really good against uh, defenses in goal line situations. He just finds the opening. He's got enough power that he can use those little legs, his 5'9", to get in the end zone. But he had 53 catches for 374 yards and four touchdowns. That's that's as a freshman in 2018. Now, the next year, he had more prominent role, 817 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. But, John, he had 86 catches for 597 yards and five touchdowns. What running back? I mean, that's a career for a running back. In yeah. his second season, he had 86 receptions for almost 600 yards and five touchdowns. So this is a player that the Buccaneers did meet with at the Combine, and I think could be a really good day three pick. Think poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Think Rex Burkhead. Um, this is a player that has got some wiggle to his game. He's more quick than fast, but he can run the route tree. He can do the angle routes. He can do the wheel routes. This is not just a swing pass, screen pass kind of guy. Yeah, it's true. You know, he's uh, another guy at the podium. You just thought, all right, I can see it. Yeah, just very confident. Um, very, he's already accepted a role that he didn't like for his entire, you know, didn't, yeah. I shouldn't say didn't like, but I mean, obviously, you play running back at Washington State, especially for the years he spent with Leach. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to love every second. You know, like, you're basically a wide out and yeah. you would never field, rush you know? for a thousand yards. Yeah, you just right, never right. rush. So, yeah, he's, he feels confident in his skill set despite that. He's used to be in a scheme that you know doesn't necessarily yep. run heavy, and yeah, he'd be an asset later in the draft. That I think he and, could know, be a special I, team as well. He might be a he might be a six round pick. The Bucks he might not be there in the seventh. You know, we'll see. But we're just doing some projections here. Rounding out the draft is in the seventh round with their compensatory pick. Another player that might not be there. He might go earlier. He might go in the in the sixth round. But he's definitely a late day three guy. And that's Austin Allen, the big tight end from Nebraska. The Bucks need another tight end. It might be resigning Gronk. I think Gronk's going to come back. That's what the organization believes. They've got Cam Brate, who is back for another year, John, but he's 31. He's on the downside of his career. You have Cody McElroy, a practice squad player. They need another tight end to get in there and replace O.J. Howard. And the thing with Austin Allen that I liked is, is in a, a conference in the Big Ten that had Ohio State's Jeremy Ruckert and Wisconsin's Jake Ferguson, two players that yeah. will be drafted before Austin Allen, it was Austin Allen, who was the Big Ten tight end of the year and the first team all Big Ten tight end. And the reason for that is because of the production that he had. He was kind of a late bloomer. That's why he's maybe not on a lot of teams' radars for the draft. He had two catches as a, as a freshman, seven catches as a sophomore, 18 catches and one touchdown. As a junior, then exploded on the scene, 38 catches for 602 yards and two touchdowns. So, again, a late bloomer. But what's going to catch the Bucks' eye, John, 15.8-yard average. He's not a very fast guy, but he's just a big guy. He's 6'8", mm -hmm. 253 six, pounds. Eight. <laughs> yeah. So he's a mismatch. That's that's what, what Bruce Arians talked about at the tight end position is, is we like those guys that can create mismatches. He gets open by simply putting up his hands. Okay? Yeah. It, I mean, that's all he has to do is he's huge. block special guy like he is he's a very good blocker despite the long legs he's he's a knee bender he can get good leverage i meant uh a field goal blocks like he can do that teams. too <laughs> yeah put it put him out there with will golston and they'll block some kicks yeah. man. right
I, this is interesting. The whole tight end thing is fascinating to the Bucks. I don't know, you know, who they're going to take yet. Um, Kate Otten from Washington. They've had, a, they've had a, what's that? Not a big fan, but they've had they've yeah. had some interest with them. I believe they had a formal with them, and yep. then I think they also have uh, they have a top thirty visit coming up with them as well. So this is yeah. uh, Justin Mello, Colorado State kid too. Reported that, yeah, yeah. In the car, yeah, Trevor McBride. I mean, there's been interest there, but for Kate, it seems like. They are very definitely intrigued by him. You know, yeah. six five, two forty seven. Bigger guy, yeah. He is Lance Zierlein's number one tight end in this draft. Not a lot of people have talked about him. It's probably the quietest tight. I mean, there's again, people talk about McBride, and after that, it's just barely right. There's just a bunch of guys, and they're all pretty much the same. And draft who you want, and I've got to get into the tape and really dig out who I think are the top guys. I'm probably going to start that process tonight with some of them. But yeah, I don't know how physically he is, and that just makes me really wonder about him as a Bucks fit. But that's. Bring him in for a formal. So, it, uh, again, the quotes are from – Also a team captain. I mean, very well respected at Nebraska too. Right. So. A quote from a scouting director for an NFC team to Zierlein was, I think he's the best I've seen so far in 2021 at just getting himself open with his routes. That is a really big deal for me when I watch tight ends, he said. So, yeah. um, Lance has his thoughts in there. I'll, I usually don't read those until after I've finished my evaluation of the player because I don't want it to – but yeah, that's something to think about. Tight end is going to be a factor. And by the way, just so everybody's on the same page, um, Rick Stroud just tweeted, Rob Gronkowski is still undecided whether to play in 2022, according to agent Drew Rosenhaus. I yeah. talked to Tampa yesterday and I told them that he's still undecided. He needs some time to figure out whether he, who, whether he wants to play. And he also said, Rosenhaus said Tom Brady's decision to end his retirement could obviously influence Gronkowski's decision. The Bucks yeah. have offered Here's the opportunity for Rob to come back. Rosenhaus said, I think he's honestly undecided here here's here's what he's undecided about is right here i think he's really undecided i think he's probably going to play i think he wants i don't money. think he's ready to say that yet it's, how much since, more is he gonna get he's not gonna get that much more this he season. had he had a better year i know but this past year than he did in he's old in and he missed 2020 time. Like, i know, you know but that's the thing despite he's not gonna go play games, else. what did he have last year eight, was it games eight? did he play for yeah. eight and incentives to ten um is that right I yeah i believe so i think that was the case yeah yeah. I bet it's the so, same deal. I bet it's the same. I think deal. at the end it will be, yeah. But but uh I, I just it's all about money. That's that's what when when Rosenhaus is making that statement, he's the agent, he's doing this. He so. he was asked it at Tyree Kill's press conference, to be fair. It wasn't yeah. like he, he released it. I should be clear about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's possible. Yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, I think we got to a lot of the questions anyway. We gotta yeah, wrap the show up for questions. sure. But uh, great questions from everybody. Yeah, we I mean there's always a million, and so we appreciate that. We try and do these yeah. Q and A's and and get through as many of them as we can. Jeez, I'm thumbs up or thumbs down for the mock. What'd y'all think? We have thumbs another one up coming or thumbs out. Thumbs down for the mock. Yeah, we Give we us have. That uh, we, yeah, yeah, we have. Um, we have another mock coming out in about ten days. It's a quick turnaround. Then well, we have. We? Our, okay. Yeah. Then our, our final mock will be final right mock. before the week Definitely. of the draft. So it'll be right. a couple of days before the draft. Yeah. So right. Getting close. I'm gonna be grinding. I'm gonna be grinding tape like every night. This <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm gonna be. Coming on this show, like just spill it out stuff about prospects because mm -hmm. I'll I'll be cramming like crazy because I've had to exactly. do so much free agency work. But no, this is great. Uh, we appreciate everybody jumping in here. It's been a great week on the show. Uh, we'll keep you new Fab Five tomorrow. Up. New Fab Five tomorrow. Yes, yep. more content coming out tomorrow. More content coming up on the site tonight. Actually, because I've been late to get up some of it, so you'll see some mm -hmm. articles pop up there tonight. So go over to pewreport.com, check it out. Give us a like, the thumbs up on the on the video if you could before you head out. Uh, subscribe to Pew Report TV YouTube channel if you could. We'd love that as well. Until Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, thank you all so much. We appreciate you all. We love you all.
Thanks so much for listening to another great edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.